We'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for June 19th, 2023. Go ahead and get right into the study today. The first um, audio video that we'll be playing is entitled Important Tests Christians Need to Pass to Step into Their Calling. And I'm not saying this is exhaustive, but there's some good biblical uh, points that are brought up there regarding that subject. Five tests you will have to pass before you step into your calling or before you step into the fulfillment of God's Word for your future. Now these tests you might not take them all at once and it doesn't mean that you take them at the particular time of your life and they will never reappear in your life. But I've noticed this and this is in the Bible. And, and I'm, I'm reluctant to use the word you have to because everybody's different and God deals with people different ways. Um, so I, I just don't want to be too dogmatic about you have to go through all these in order to go into your calling. Um, you might have more. <laughs> you might have less. I mean, it, God's not cookie cutter. And he, I really believe he deals with his Christians as individuals. Well, as well as I've seen it in my own life where you will have to go through these tests to be able to step into fulfillment of your purpose. Psalm 105. Which are the books written about you in heaven that I've talked about before. There's books written about us in heaven and we want to try to fulfill those books um, as closely as they are written. Because I believe there's ways that you can, the devil can totally get you off and veer you off your path. And um, I mean, let's face it, we make choices every day. It's not like we're forced to do something. So um, that's kind of what this is about. 19 in New King James Version it says until the time that his word came to pass the word of the Lord tested him now he's the, using New King James so bear that in mind see how before God's word comes to pass before God's purpose God's dream comes to pass this dream this vision this word of God passes you meaning it tests you you have to pass the test before you can see the word come to pass I believe everything in your life is either a test or a reward. Your faith cannot be trusted until it's tested. God tested Abraham, God tested sure. Israel, and God tests our faith. We see there's an hour of testing. We see the tithing tests God. We see that we even have to test ourselves. We see that we have to test the spirits. We know that vehicles go through about a thousand small or big tests before they hit the market. Test is just part of life. And in fact, you wouldn't want to have anything that has not been tested. A lot of people step into ministry, they step into their calling, and they have not been tested. In fact, they've been tested. They just failed those tests. Here are five tests I believe you will be taking. And some of you, you are taking them right now. And I will give you also an encouragement on how to pass those tests. The first test is the test of time. This one teaches you patience. See, God's tests are not only revealing something about you, they're also refining something about you. So not only they're revealing are you impatient, but at the same time they're actually refining you. They're building patience. The first test, the test of time, teaches patience. See, patience is more than bearing affliction. It's standing fast under pressure, turning problems into opportunities. Impatience is the first thing that brings emotional immaturity. Referencing to the time of Joseph, when Joseph he received... Said impatience is the first thing. It, 
um, that brings emotional immaturity. Dream, it didn't came true right away. It took years. Yeah. Some people, people say even decades before that dream come to pass. Same thing with David. Same thing with a lot of promises. It was like Moses, like 80, I believe, before he he was tending sheep up, up to that point, up until the time when, when his he started his calling. 80. Okay. So um, you just don't know. Now, uh, granted, I think we're in a current dispensation of time where I don't think we've got, you know, 40 years to be in the wilderness to be to be tested um, just because we're really towards the end here. Um, I also don't want to, you know, be too dogmatic about exactly how much time we might have left on the planet. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, and that can vary for a lot of different people. I think there are also some people though that get saved and God does a quick work with them and they can actually start to walk into their calling relatively quickly. And maybe that's just because they're at a higher maturity level than most people that get saved and God knows what they can handle. So, again, there's variabilities with some of these things. Uh, they don't come to pass right away, which builds our patience. And patience is important because patience helps to build endurance. And endurance helps to build our character. And character gives hope according to Romans chapter 5 verses 3 and four. The second test that I believe every person will have to pass and this is the test of faith. The test of faith is when you have to learn to trust in God's Word, not in your feelings. This test will expose how little you trust and it will also refine your trust by building within you a faith that trusts in God's Word not in your mood, not in how you feel. See, the problem with our struggles or with the delay, discouragement, is that it tends to make us feel like God is not with us. The presence of problems sometimes feels like it's an absence of God. God's silence feels like it's God's absence. And that's a test. You're being tested. When the teacher is silent in the classroom, most likely you're taking a test. So what do you do? When you don't feel God's presence, what do you do when you feel like God has left you? You have to feed on God's Word. You have to live by what you know, not by what you feel. Right. Blind Bartimaeus couldn't see Jesus, but he could hear Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 47. So when you don't feel Him, when you don't see Him, hear His Word. Because faith comes by hearing. Build your faith. And, and hearing by the Word of God. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith is like a muscle. Um, if it's never used, it will atrophy. It will shrink. If you don't use a muscle, it tends to atrophy or shrink uh, because it's not exercised. So the more your faith is exercised, but that's hard. I mean, if your faith is being exercised, that's typically not an easy thing. That's your testing of your faith. So, but the testing of your faith um, and the exercising of your faith builds your faith. And the Bible talks about in the, the full armor of God, above all, um, taking up the shield of faith, you know, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the shield of faith, um, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So it's the primary implement whereby you quench, really, the fiery darts are the attacks of the devil. And the bigger your faith is, 
if the shield of faith is representative of your faith, while well, the bigger your faith is, the bigger your shield gets, the more you're going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. When you're being tested, when your feelings are not there, when it seems like the presence of God is not there, strengthen your faith. Don't give up on God's word. Know that He is with you, even when you don't feel like it. The third test is the test of purity. Joseph had to be tested in this area as well, because he was presented with a temptation. He had every reason not to flee temptation, but to flirt with that temptation. This test teaches us to flee sin, not to flirt with sin. Right. If you don't want to fall into sin, you have to flee sin. So many people, they fight sin instead of fleeing sin. There are sins you have to fight, but we have to run from sin. See, especially when your destiny is not there where it's supposed to be, the calling of God has not you know, reached its fruition. You have not been stepping fully into what God called you to do. You will be tested in the area of purity. And purity is making a decision to put your flesh through the prison before you're led to the palace. So many people want to know, how do I get to my calling? How do I get to my purpose? It's very simple. If you follow God's way, if you follow God's will for your purity, you will find God's way for your purpose. If you don't know God's will in this particular situation, let me tell you God's will. You can find it in God's way of purity. Purity is the path to your purpose. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 to 5, it says, this is the will of God. You want to know God's will? Your sanctification. See, this test of purity actually puts you on the path of purpose. And sanctification means to be made holy and set apart for God. If you're not passing the test of purity, I'm not saying you will not reach your purpose, but you will take a lot of detours before you will reach your purpose and you can delay your purpose. Right. Test number four, and that is the test of forgiveness. It teaches us not to hold on to our offenses. You cannot enter into the destiny God has for you. You cannot be fruitful until you learn to forgive. See, when yeah. you learn to let go of those who hurt you, let go of the hurt, you embrace your future. The offender can no longer hurt you if you shake off the shackles of bitterness and offense. Forgiving somebody is not overlooking, it's not excusing, minimizing, right. or taking the blame for the yeah. wrong that they did. Or even forgetting, because that would be unrealistic saying, well, I'm going to forget it. Well, it's going to be in your memory bank, okay? And if somebody did offend you and, and, and did so in a way where they don't care if you forgive them. They don't forgive you. You know, th that's tough. That is a whole lot tougher to forgive than if somebody, you know, comes along and, and they're like, oh, I'm really sorry for, you know, and that doesn't, that's typically not as hard to forgive. As, now, I understand there is also extenuating circumstances with that as well, but um, potentially. Um, but it's easier to forgive somebody that's coming to you in a humble, contrite manner uh, whereas if the person doesn't care and they're emboldened and they don't forgive you and <laughs> they've done you the wrong and you've done them no wrong, that's when it becomes really hard to forgive. But we are commanded to do it by Jesus. Um, and um, it is something that, that we, we all need to do. And if we don't, then the Bible talks about the root of bitterness springeth up in many and defile them. It's like a root that takes hold of bitterness and then you, it, it will defile you. It's a spirit really of bitterness and that's, that's a product of unforgiveness. 
It's not even waiting for the apology. It's a command to forgive. It's not an option. Jesus clearly commands us to forgive. Joseph had to go through that because not only his brothers, they betrayed him. Not only his father didn't necessarily believe in his dreams, but we also see Potiphar's wife cooked up a story about him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy he translated the dream in the prison forgot about him. It seems like everywhere Joseph went, he picked up offense. Offense not in the sense that he held on to offense, but he had reasons to be offended. He didn't stay offended. You can have a reason to be bitter, but you have even greater reason to get better by forgiving those people. Every unfortunate situation that has happened to you is like a knife. You can take it by the handle. That, that is when you forgive. You can take it by the blade. That's when you hold on to unforgiveness. Yeah, can you imagine taking the the blade part i mean he didn't really elaborate on that but if you grab the blade it's hurting you you know whereas if you grab the handle it's it's not okay but the blade's gonna cut you you will not step into your destiny if you hold grudges bitterness offense against people that have put you in a very painful place they might have put you in the painful place but your unforgiveness keeps you there right so i want to challenge you shake off the shackles release those people forgive those people why because your future is greater than your past i, I there was that expression i've heard it's like uh, unforgiveness um and all that is like drinking poison and, and expecting the other person to die you know it's just going to poison you <laughs> the other part it's not going to affect you know most likely the other person now um jesus said um in mark eleven twenty five, 25 and when you stand praying forgive if you had ought against any meaning you just forgive any forgive any that have sinned against you that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses so us forgiving others is <laughs> totally tied to the father forgiving us so you could be praying the Lord's Prayer every day and saying, forgive us our trespasses, you know, these types of things as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. But really, you don't mean it in your heart. You don't mean it. You're just kind of going through the motions. And I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just saying this could happen. Um, more, You're just going through the motions. And the, the implications here is the Father's not going to forgive you because you haven't forgiven, you know, those that have sinned against you. And, and I know, and, and I'm not judging anybody. I'm not saying that's easy. I think for different individuals, the way that God made them, it may be easier for them to forgive others. Um, and certain people may have a tendency where that may really be like their Achilles heel type of thing. That may really be like what they really have a hard time with. And you just have to go to the Lord and ask him for to take that from you, for strength in that area, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Um, and then it goes on to say in verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. So it's it's not just a suggestion. <laughs> it's really a, a, a serious thing. The promise of God is greater than the pain you are feeling. And you will never step into that promise if you're holding on to that pain. Release it. Let it go right. and pass the test. Test number five, the final test. And that is the test of hard work. This one teaches us not just to go through life, but to grow through life.
See, we see this in Proverbs 14, 23, that in all labor there is a profit. Now, I'm going to read you a verse about Joseph that really spoke to me. And that is in Genesis 49, verses 22. It says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over the wall. That's in NIV translation. Now, think about Joseph. Joseph, in every area, he exhibited excellence. He was hardworking. Joseph was not a lazy couch potato. Joseph was not waiting to get out of prison to begin to, you know, practice his management skills. He didn't wait to get his freedom from slavery before he ran a house of Potiphar. I love this about Joseph because God didn't just supernaturally spring him into the palace. He actually climbed into the palace. The Bible says in Genesis that Joseph is a fruitful vine, meaning he decided to be effective, fruitful, successful in every area he was in. And then he was near the spring, meaning he trusted in God. His faith was in God. He had this wall, this obstacle. He was a slave. He was rejected. His family had a death certificate. He was also betrayed. And then he became a prisoner with a very terrible reputation. If somebody had an obstacle, this was Joseph. But he had a well next to him. It was his faith. It was his character. It was choosing to walk with God. And guess what happened? Because he had a well, he became a vine. See, your character makes who you are. And then his branches started to climb over the fence, over the wall, over the obstacle. How did that happen on a practical level? He worked himself. And that would be a very, it would be a slow process. Think, I mean, think about a vine growing. It's going to be, you know, millimeter by millimeter, essentially. Out of that situation. Now, I'm not saying that Joseph was a workaholic. I'm not trying to make you grind through life. That is not what I'm encouraging you. But this test will test you. Will you, in your difficult situation, still read your Bible, still serve in your local church, still work on your strengths and your gifts, still minister to people that need you, Joseph ministered in the Potiphar's house by being a good manager. In the jail, he translated dreams of the guy who had a dream. Now remember, Joseph's dream is delayed. And this guy had a dream and Joseph could have been like, ah, forget about your dream. Dreams don't work. Like I used to dream dreams and like, look what happened to me. So bro, forget about your dreams. Joseph allows God to use him and translates the dream of another person. And it's crazy. This guy's dream comes to pass in three days and Joseph's dream is still on hold. See, Joseph didn't wait. He was getting, his roots were getting nourishment from God and then his branches were climbing over the wall slowly. Two years later, this guy remembers Joseph. Joseph gets a call. Pharaoh needs a dream to be translated. And Joseph translates the dream and right away adds himself into that explanation, interpretation of the dream by saying, Pharaoh, you need a person who can run this whole thing. And uh, pretty much, by the way, I... Uh, can I apply for that position? He created a position and then he got hired for that very position. Joseph didn't get rescued or get just amnesty from jail and you know somebody fought his case in the court and stuff. So no, he pretty much worked his way into the palace. Yeah. And he stayed in the palace because he right away applied for a job that he created. Pharaoh didn't even need that position until Joseph came. And Joseph worked all his life. I really am for a person to draw their nourishment from God. Pass the test when it's hard and you don't have motivation. You don't have a desire. Instead of watching Netflix, instead of watching movies and TV shows, instead of scrolling aimlessly through, through TikTok and Facebook, do not waste your wilderness. Paul wrote a lot of New Testament in jail. 
Joseph developed his spiritual gifts in a very difficult season of his life. And that's when you're going to be tested. That's when you have to pass the test of being diligent, being effective, working on your excellence, developing skills for the glory of God. But remember, we're not workaholics. We are worshipers. We draw our source from the well and it gives us the power to overcome the wall. Which test are you facing right now? One out of five. Or maybe you're facing all of these five tests. Are you passing them? Let me know in the comments below. If this video brought an encouragement and blessing to you, would you help me with something? Would you share this with some? So that's Vlad Sav Savchuk. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I give the link to the, the video there. And, and again, relating to this heavily, um, where he's talking about the vine with Joseph. Well, this these verses came into my head. Um, John 15, verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, like the farmer. The, the tending the vine the father is but jesus is the true vine every branch in me meaning he's the true vine we are the branches uh every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away uh which you know the implications of that are not good um and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit so as a saved christian um when you bear fruit you're still going to get purged you're still probably going to be chastised to a certain extent maybe maybe not every single day maybe not even for certain seasons or times of your life but um it does say here that every branch of bear fruit he purgeth it uh then it may bring forth more fruit because when you have a branch and um the analogy most people probably know this but it's like if you have a plant and it has dead oh i don't know maybe dead leaves dead things coming off a particular branch well you prune that and then that unburdens the branch to bear more fruit that's the concept now you're clean through the word which i have spoken unto you okay so this is how it's called the washing of the water of the word and this is why it's so important to be in the bible uh, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine now how do we abide in the vine we're going to see that in a second no more can ye except ye abide in me so we can't really bear fruit unless we're abiding in the vine if a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned Again, that doesn't sound too good to me, okay? Um, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, okay, so we're getting to how do we actually abide in Jesus? When his words abide in us, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so, sh so shall ye be my disciples. Um, but it appears as though abiding in his word is the primary way which we abide in the vine. And this is why I say you want to abide in your King James Bible, okay? Um, uh, because that is the most direct way, I think, biblically speaking, that you can commune with Jesus. Yes, you can pray, you can fast. You, there, I mean, obviously, there's a number of different ways that, that uh, you can draw close to the lord 
Um, but I believe that reading the Word of God or hearing the Word of God, which also is what builds your faith, is the is the primary way to do that. And that's why it's very important to memorize it. Um, what if you get your Bible taken away some someday and you don't have access to it, as an example? Okay, so um, let's go right into the study now. And this is a listener question, and, and this is more of a, I'm not going to do a teaching on this. I'm going to just kind of give you the info on it. And two different listeners, one of them asked if I'd seen this report, and it's entitled, Billy Graham Accused of Satanic Pedophilia. And the CEO of Samaritan's Purse, which is Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, poses at Voodoo Donuts. And also another report was sent to me, Billy Graham and Pat Robinson, who, did he? I think he died this week. Yeah, he died 10 days ago on the, uh, 10, now I've done tons of, teachings exposing all of these people these people um and i give you my teachings on these subjects so i i reply yes i've reported on these teachings and what i did is i listed these out and so they will be in the pdf for this date of june 19 2023 um, more near the beginning part one uh, i'm just going to read you some of the table of contents of what i've covered regarding this my end time current events teaching of 114 2019 part two confirmation from a longtime listener about oral roberts university's satanic ceremonies okay then oral roberts billy graham and the oxnam connection and it, they get into the whole um people that a first-hand account saw these underground ceremonies they do at oral roberts university and um, Billy Graham being there, and Earl Roberts, and I believe Kenneth Copeland, and, and they're all they're all Luciferians and Satanists at that level. I mean, just just like all of our politicians at the high levels are the same way. They're all totally sold out to Satan. They've all been put there by design to deceive as many as they can possibly deceive. And then satanic ritual abuse at Oral Roberts University. So there's my teaching on that, uh, with the supporting documentation with it then another teaching i did on 8 26 2018 part two um minister franklin graham of the samaritan's purse supports voodoo donut child traffickers voodoo donuts um makes the most i believe they're in portland they make the most blasphemous evil sick disgusting pervert sexually perverted donuts that you can imagine i can't even describe to you what they are. They're so bad and so numerous. They're really, 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 really sexually perverted. And he's there at Voodoo Donuts posing with a box of their Voodoo Donuts. Voodoo being the, the you know, basically one of the most powerful, most wicked forms of witchcraft on the planet that I've had personal... Um, dealings with and battles with and you just key in voodoo in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and key in my supernatural experiences and i'll show you the voodoo high i believe it was probably more than one high priest that was trying to kill me um when i was back in fort myers florida anyway um he is there posing with these voodoo donuts and then he's out front in front of the sign like with the thumbs up sign with the voodoo donuts thing in the background and voodoo donuts are involved are involved in child trafficking in that area 
Like, there's underground connections with it. It's well known. So not only are they totally perverted and wicked and evil, but they're also involved in child sex trafficking. And he's there, like, promoting them. This Franklin Graham. And then I did another teaching on uh, part three, actually, of the same 826.18. Franklin Graham tries to erase his voodoo pedophile past. Okay? You want to hear more about it. Then I did a de dedicating teaching. This was all the way back in 2007 regarding Billy Graham, homosexuals, Catholics, and apostasy. And I get into the whole, um, his also his free, uh, Freemason retires. It's, he's a Freemason, guys. He's 33rd degree. Um, he was even up on the Louisiana Freemason website for a long time until Christians got wind and they took it down. I don't know if I, that, that might, that the mirror of that website, the mirror image of it may be on that file for this teaching. Um, but I've seen it before. Uh, then my teaching, I did more recent three twenty two twenty one part two. Christian Broadcasting Network, The 700 Club, Pat Robinson, Franklin and Billy Graham, Trump, Pastor Robert Jeffries, all begging their followers to take the DNA-defiling COVID-19 kill shot, cultured off aborted babies, which it is. I don't, I don't emphasize enough that the um, COVID-19 kill shots, the vast majority of them are cultured off aborted babies, not to mention all the other DNA-defiling wicked ingredients in there. But they they were begging their followers to take this ASAP. Basically like, you know, just about commanding them. They all love Satan and they desperately want their followers defiled, maimed, dead, and in hellfire, which is where Pat Robinson is right now, okay, as quickly as possible. You know why I say that? Because a tree is known by its fruit. And you only got to scratch a little bit below the surface on these devils to realize they are Luciferians devil worshipers and really this is this is the end game bottom line truth is is they're just trying to get as many of their followers into hellfire as quickly as possible that's what it's really all about then showing his true colors apostate laodicea and franklin graham says jesus would take the covid vaccine yeah yeah this is the same voodoo Voodoo Donuts guy Franklin Graham says Jesus would take the COVID vaccine and urges pastors to compel their people to take the DNA defiling kill shot that uses aborted babies in its production as well. Hey Franklin, to you and all your other satanic ilk, hear the word of God. John 8, 44. Ye are of your father the devil and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Franklin Graham, Billy Graham, Pat Robinson and all of your devil ilk. Then the next point, Scott Johnson's teaching exposing Franklin Graham. Then, mass Christian delusion, Isaiah 9, 16 through 20. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. So I'm saying, be careful who you put yourself under, who you're following. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. 
Yeah, you can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. You didn't know. You could be ignorant of Satan's devices and he gets an advantage of you. If the blind leadeth the blind, they're both going to fall into a ditch, according to the word of God. I don't believe these leaders, though, like Franklin Graham and Billy Graham and Pat Rapp, I don't believe they're blind. I believe they know exactly what they're doing. And then just as an aside, pastors, pastors, um, the Bible or science, more sellouts to the COVID kill shot, Rotary Club, Lions Club, etc. You know. Then another teaching I did on 3.18.12 part 2. Uh, we got into Paul Crouch there. Uh, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, Mother Teresa exposed Voice of the Martyrs, VOM supports Catholicism and other false religions. VOM is bad. They're basically like Catholics. I wouldn't give them a dime. I used to before I actually found out and vetted them properly a long time ago. They're no good. Um, then Pat Robinson says Catholics are Christians. Now remember, this is from 2012. This is like old news. Pat Robinson then displays the satanic El Diablo sign during the 700 Club show, which is the you know, the, the horn sign, the hook of horns for Texas <laughs> Longhorns or whatever. You know, it's the El Diablo, the El, El, El Cornuto sign. Um, uh, he also was on the cover of Time Magazine and um, with making the lion's paw, the, the Freemasonic lion's paw um, hand gesture on his suit coat. It looks really weird. Right on the cover of Time Magazine. Pat Roberts is doing that, and that was like decades ago. So they've they've showed you what they're what they are across the time. They're just hoping that you don't ever figure it out. Uh, then Robert Schuler trusts Catholic Church with Crystal Cathedral and calls Catholicism the mother church. And then the last report I did um, from 10, 24 of 22, part two. Shocking trove of HHS documents reveals the most aggressive vaccine propaganda campaign ever. Screenwriters, comedians, church leaders, uh, doctors, and influencers are all paid off to pimp the vax, the, the COVID kill shot. And then Pat and Gordon Robertson, the 700 Club, Christian Broadcasting Network, exposed as agents of Satan and pushers of the COVID kill shot in their agenda. Then Gordon Robinson of the 700 Club encouraging people to take the COVID-19 vaccine kill shot and resist conspiracy theories. Why? Because they love Satan and they are serving him well. Here, the 700 Club acting as a lying mouthpiece of the devil. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up over, over this whole subject because, you know, they are actively trying to annihilate the body of Christ and get as many people into hellfire or at bare minimum get them off their purpose and their calling and deceived and deluded. Then we have this, Lilith, well, it's really not Lilith returns. Lilith already has been here. Lilith has been here for a long time. Um, and we're going to talk about Lilith. I've never actually done a little mini part on Lilith. I've talked about Lilith some, but we're actually going to do a little mini study here right now. Um, how KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken is promoting Satanism with the Diablo 4 game. 
So I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, video here, and then we're going to go on to comment more about this particular subject here. Let's see here. What does Lilith, as mentioned in Isaiah 64 as a night demon, considered by some as Adam's first wife, has to do and with... it's not Adam's first wife. That's what the Kabbalah and other, like, occultic, uh, Gnostic, these types of writings have said that and and what it what that's all about is they're trying to taint the biblical narrative of adam and eve okay because if you can if you contain it and defile it and corrupt it from the very beginning then you have to question everything written after it in the bible because if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do psalm 11 verse 3 so of course they're going to say oh lilith was adam's first wife what a bunch of garbage that is no, there's no Bible for it whatsoever. Um, but again, it's it's because of the reasons I just stated that the satanic minions would want to do that. Diablo 4 game currently being endorsed and yeah. promoted. And here by it is. K I mean, you can go to KFC right now. He, he shows a picture of the Diablo bag. Um, I don't know if there's chicken things in there. And it's got this, it's a black bag with Diablo meaning devil, I believe in Spanish or something, I don't know. And Diablo 4, I, I think it's a video game or something, and, and then they've got the corresponding drink cup. If you eat food out of a bag like this, you are eating, can you imagine praying over this meal? You know, for God to bless and sanctify the food of your body. This GMO, only God knows what's in it, goodness. <laughs> I mean, Really? franken food and in a diablo devil bag that's black and red and looks totally satanic and is satanic you know there's devils attached to this stuff see now the diablo games have been around for a while starting when they were released first in january 1997 and back then people didn't so really these have been around a long time 1997 except the games openly satanic themes and stories but things have really changed stuff that used to be strange and impossible like occult satanism witchcraft radical gender ideas have become mainstream and strongly influenced american culture today these ideas are also so widely accepted in the USA that even the KFC feels very confident in teaming up with Blizzard to promote the real character of the Lilith demon, a creature mentioned, as I already have said, Isaiah 34. As you can see, and we're going to get into that, okay? KFC website. This is not some kind of a demon website. This is a KFC fast food chain restaurant right. website. Has a promotion going on right now. My Diablo rewards. Like so, your rewards point. And it's showing the KFC website. And it's got a uh, a picture of, well, the headshot of, of this hideous Lilith uh, fallen angelic creature like with a Medusa-like face, black leathery wings, the whole nine yards. And um, they're promoting Lilith through their Diablo rewards points, their devil rewards points on the KFC website. I mean, this is how overt and in your face. And, and I mean, I could probably just have study after study every single day just documenting different companies doing totally demonic things 
along similar lines. But I'm just going to highlight this one because it's, it's such a 900-pound gorilla in the room. If eating the junk food is not bad enough already, now you can have a little cherry on the top of the cake. You on can... a satanic Sunday part of the promotion campaign and get a little Lilith and as well as other characters that are technically or supposedly fighting the Lilith, which are demons themselves, yeah, as exactly. part of your package of eating at KFC. Yeah. Now the company... Yeah, a lot of the video games are based on that whole concept too. Oh, I'm going to use these good demons or devils to fight the bat. I mean, I wouldn't mess with that stuff, guys. I'm just saying, I wouldn't mess with it. Promotes and creates this Diablo 4 video game on their website talks about this game. It has a commercial, which I'm not going to play, but it oh, has. Oh my word. I mean, the, the imagery is so satanic that he's showing, and like from whether it's the KFC website or the Diablo 4 launch live action, I mean, it is so satanic. I mean, this one he's showing right now. I mean, we are just talking. <sighs> I, I don't know how much more satanic. Lilith has returned to sanctuary, summoned by a dark ritual after her lengthy exile. Before you begin to wander the m five massive regions of Diablo Fours, a barbarian druid or necromancer. Oh, good. One that communicates with the dead. Um, a druid. All, all these are just godless pagans and or witches or involved in witchcraft or sorcerer. Undo the agony of Lilith's exacted in the world she helped to create. We urge you to pursue this launch and let it aid in your triumph over evil. So you as a necromancer, one that communicates with the dead. Now in the Old Testament, they take you out and kill you for that. Or a druid, which is another term for a witch. They take you out in the Old Testament and kill you for that. Or a sorcerer, same thing. Okay, And these others are, are just, just about as godless, the other things you can be. Um, you're going to use a wicked character to, to supposedly do good. It's just like the concept of white witchcraft. Oh well, I'm using white witchcraft about to counteract uh, to counteract the black witch. It doesn't work that way. It's all witchcraft. It's all forbidden by God. This text that pretty much summarizes what this game is about. Lilith has returned to sanctuary, summoned by a dark ritual after her lengthy exile. Before you begin to wonder, the five massive regions of Diablo 4, as a barbarian, druid, necromancer, rogue, or sorcerer, to undo the agony Lilith exacted on the world she helped create. We urge you to reuse this launch guide and let it aid you in your triumph over evil. So pretty much this game, Diablo 4, focuses on Lilith coming back because of some magic and ritual that was accomplished. And now, as a player, you can become one of the five characters and you can customize them to help you fight this demon. Surprisingly, each one of these five characters that fights Lilith are demons themselves. The Barbarian is a strong warrior who fights up close with powerful weapons. The Druid is a nature-focused character who can transform into animals like bears and werewolves. The <laughs> Necromancer... So it's a shapeshifter. That's awesome. Sir, which the name should tell you what that is. It's a character who controls people who die. They raise skeletons, command them to fight, and use curses to weaken enemies. The Rogue is a fast and sneaky character who excels...
at ranged combat. And the sorcerer is a character who specializes. I mean, they're showing these these characters in the background, and I mean, they're so wicked and evil looking, but yet this is good. And again, one of them to call evil good and good evil. This is, if you think that you're going to use witchcraft, and, and this is how they recruit people, a lot of people into witchcraft and into the cult, because, you know, guys or whatever get, you know, into their video games when they're young or they're playing Dungeons and Dragons D&D. I played it when I was young a little bit. I, I didn't ever get that far into it, thank God. I think God just kind of kept me out of it. Um, or that whole concept that's presented in a lot of different movies or things like this oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be uh you know um this really bad dude and and i'm gonna um use you know my powers or these characters in order to to really defeat evil even though you yourself are represented by something purely evil totally godless jesus christ has nothing to do with any of it and and it's it's totally incompatible with what the Bible says. In magic, what does the Bible teach us about these things? Well, first and foremost, I want to address the issue of Lilith. The Lilith has been this figure that has been debated on and talked about in mythologies and so many other things. Some people actually believe that Lilith is Adam's wife. It comes from Jewish mythology right. where Lilith... The Kabbalah, which is the highest form of Jewish witchcraft essentially so that's where it originates from seen as a supernatural figure associated with darkness demons and seduction they claim she was the first wife of adam before eve and she which is a total lie from the pit of hell to submit to adam and therefore she went into rebellion their reference for that and this actually comes from some jewish scholars not everybody believes or accepts yeah, the ones that that hate really the word of god that they say that they kind of follow loosely you know <laughs> um and hate jesus christ and you know so that consider the source that in jewish community but still that idea is there that in genesis chapter one men and women were created on the same day from clay but in Genesis chapter 2, it seems to show that God created a man and then he created a woman from a man. So some of these Jewish commentators in the Jewish Midrash, which Midrash is actually a Jewish body of like... Another blasphemous book and, and that what he just said, there's no Bible for that commentary on the scripture what they actually do to reconcile these two chapters of genesis that seem to contradict themselves at first they say that these are two separate events rather two accounts of the same event and they say that adam's first wife lilith rebelled and therefore god went and created the second wife for adam now, the Talmud, which is a central Jewish text for Jewish law and tradition, doesn't say anything about Lilith being Adam's wife, but it does mention her four times. And again, the Talmud speaks such blasphemous things about Jesus Christ that, you know, I don't, I've, I've said a few of the verses, but I don't even like to utter them on air. They're so wicked and so evil. Okay, I, I just read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Basically, I skimmed through them. And basically, when... Uh, I believe Genesis 2, where it talks about creating Adam, that is an expansion of um, Genesis 1, where it says, and I'm, I'm, I wasn't even planning on covering this, but it's an expansion of Genesis 1, where it says, um, 
let's see. Uh, God said, let us make man in our own image, man in our image. And that was the, basically God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. Um, after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth so god created man in his image in the image of god created he him male and female created he them okay so then it goes to genesis 2 where i believe then we get into the expansion it's not that he created adam and his first wife rebelled lilith and so he had to create another wife out of adam's rib okay it does not say that. I believe Genesis 2, I've never even got, I've, I've read this many times. I've never even, that that's never even occurred to me. It's such a foregone conclusion that when it starts talking about in Genesis 2, and let's go to that part. Um, and God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And, um... And these are just more commandments, but I, I don't really have time to get into all this. And, and then the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh instead thereof. And the rib which God um, had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto a man, unto, unto the man. Okay, so that is um, the expansion of Genesis 1 where it talks about God creating male and female and and he knew the beginning from the end obviously he knew he was going to create a male and a female but let's go back to the uh vi the uh, audio video here Babylon Talmud text refers to Lilith as a female demon who is associated with causing harm to newborn infants and pregnant women but what does the Bible say about Lilith well actually there is a verse in the Bible Isaiah 34 verse 14 it says the following the wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the jackals and the wild goat shall bleed to its companion and the night creature shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest some English translators use the term Lilith while others translate with terms like owl night creature night bird or night monster and again this is why lilith is always associated with the owl okay now before i go any further let's read what the king james bible says because he he doesn't he's not big on that version and again I, I know you can say why are you even playing the guy well for the most part what we're what we're hearing from him is good stuff okay he doesn't have a revelation about the kjv at all um but you know at this point to try to prescribe to all the parameters that have to be met by a typical pastor it's very very hard to find we're gleaning here okay i think for the most part what we're hearing is good stuff and um isaiah 34 14 the wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island and the satyr shall cry to his fellow the screech owl also shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest now if you go into strong's and you do a um a the, the Hebrew derivation of that word screech owl, okay, it's Lilith. No, Lilith. Lilith, okay, is the actual pronunciation of it, okay? And it's translated screech owl one time in the Bible. It's only used one time. And the outline of biblical usage is Lilith is the name of the female goddess 
known as a night demon. Now, why the KJV translators translated it Screech Owl, I understand Lilith is translated into, um, is a closely associated with the owl, and I'm assuming that's why they did it. Um, they could have used the word Lilith, but they chose Screech Owl. Okay. It's the name of the female goddess known as a night demon who haunts the desolate places of Edom. And so it's also associated with night specter, like a ghost or a screech owl or Lilith. Okay, so that's the only time it is used in the Bible. Okay, um, so just, just so you know, I wanted to kind of elaborate on that a little bit more. So what do we take away from this Lilith promotional thing with KFC? Well, first of all, I think that KFC is trying to ride what's happening in the culture. And they see this as just a game. But at the same time, demonic agenda is behind that to desensitize our culture and to make it seem like these things, these demons, necromancy, sorcery, witchcraft, Lilith, they're just figures of speech representing evil and we're all at war with evil. They actually want to push this idea that you can fight evil with evil. My three takeaways. First one, Lilith is a demon. I do believe that not only because well, Lilith is most likely not a demon, okay, which is a disembodied Nephilim. I believe, and I've taught that for a long time. I think there's a lot of proof of that. Um, demons are different than fallen angels. And um, I believe that Lilith is, as far as very, very powerful fallen angel, is what you're dealing with when you're dealing with Lilith. Now, I'm not saying there may not be demonic entities that are associated with this as well, okay? But Lilith is extremely powerful. And um, normally you're going to associate that more with a fallen angelic entity rather than just a demon. We've done deliverances and Lilith came out as a demon. But also we see this throughout the history and other deliverance ministers. And we see this mentioned. And you realize the demons can call themselves whatever they want. And they do that a lot of times as well. So... Again, is it associated with Lilith, a demon? Sure, I'm not saying that can't be the case, but I, I do think there is a very, very high-level fallen angelic entity that is um, representative of this Lilith. In the Bible, Lilith is an unclean spirit that seems to haunt people in dreams of the night and visions of the day. Lilith can appeal to men in the likeness of a woman and to women in the likeness of a man. Lilith seems to attack people in their sexual and reproductive realms of life. Lilith attacks children, childbearing, through miscarriage and sometimes causing people not to have. And this is why Lilith is so associated with the abortion industry as well. Um, many of the witches that either own and or operate and or work in these abortion clinics will sacrifice the babies that are being that they're they're dedicating the sacrifices that are occurring in these um, abortuary butcheries where they're butchering the babies, you know, child sacrifice. They are dedicating them to Lilith, or sometimes it's Artemis is another one they will dedicate to. Sometimes it's Moloch, uh, probably Baal. There are different entities there where witches will gravitate toward different entities they serve more. Okay, Lilith is one of the main ones, and Lilith is typically always associated with an owl.
children. Lilith seduces men to drain their essence. In fact, it was believed that when she sleeps with men, she steals their seed to impregnate herself to produce demonic offsprings. While I know that demons can... Which would be more under the form of a, what they call a succubus, which are, are typically um, these devils that um, can have sexual relations with men, typically men, and... Um, masquerading as like a woman or incubus are the ones that masquerade as men that try to sleep with women okay and so anyway produce demons one thing is certain many people have experienced demonic intrusion in their sleep through sexual repeated dreams and once they experience deliverance those dreams Stop. The second takeaway is spiritual warfare is not a game. Spiritual world is real. There is evil and good, Satan and God. Satan is a defeated foe. He is a created creature who rebelled against God and who opposes God's will, God's ministers and God's church. We are in a cosmic conflict battle between evil and good, Satan's will and God's will. Satan, demons and evil people will have their will and they are responsible for their will and what happens on this earth is not always consistent with God's character as revealed in Jesus. Jesus opposed disease, demons and disasters originating from the will of Satan, fallen angels, not from God. God has already won but we are called to wage spiritual warfare against evil through prayer, evangelism, and deliverance. Church is a warship, not just a fasting. ship for pleasure. We are soldiers, not slaves. We don't win this war by participating in a video game. We don't win this war by eating junk food from KFC. We win this war through prayer, through spiritual warfare, through evangelism, and setting the captives free through deliverance. The third thing that I want you to keep in mind is that you can defeat demons like Lilith with other demons like necromancy. Demons are removed by the power of the Holy Spirit according to Matthew 12 28. Demons are removed in the name of Jesus according to Mark 16 17. And demons are removed by being cast out of people according to Matthew 8 16, Matthew 9:33, 10 1, 10, 8, 12, 28, and so many other verses. Demons are not removed by spells. Demons are not removed by conjuring up some powers. Demons are not removed by physical weapons. And therefore, this idea that portrays spiritual warfare, I know it could be attractive to so many people, but I would encourage you to stay away from that. If you really want to fight demons, Become a Christian, get filled with the Holy Spirit, live a holy life, embrace your authority as a believer and cast out demons. That is the real way of taking part in spiritual warfare. The Bible says we should not take part in the works of darkness. This may seem like a naive game, but I do believe it opens people to a demonic influence as well as desensitizes our culture toward things that are real dangerous now, i've done many warnings about video games um you know uh just key in video games or the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com uh because it's I, I just believe a lot of the time it's a slippery slope and mean harm to us as humans the bible calls them demons if you're playing this game stop playing it 
and join Jesus's mission, that's not a game, but real life of preaching the gospel, making disciples and casting out demons. Thank you for watching this video. I hope that you found this to be encouraging, enlightening and educational. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe. Okay, so and again, this verse comes into my head when, when I talk about that particular subject. I mean, I, I play video games. I think I stopped, man, I was probably around eighth grade. Um, pretty much. Uh, I understand video games are more prevalent now. Back then, you had like more the B-rated type of video games that you could buy and play on your TV, and they weren't near as advanced as they are now. I, I understand they're probably way more addictive now. I get it. It doesn't mean that you know that's good, but at the time, like you'd go, I'd go to the skating rink or whatever and play video games there. That was more. Those were like the good video games, you know, but. I, um, man, when I stopped going to the skating rink, which was around right before I went into high school, I blew my knee out, my left knee, and um, tore my anterior cruciate ligament, and I could never really skate again, so I that kind of like cut me off from it, and I don't remember ever, now I'm not saying I didn't do a lot of other really bad stuff in high school and, and afterward, party-wise, and alcohol wise and stuff like that okay that was not good but um the verse that comes to mind the verses that come to mind was um when i was uh first corinthians 13 11 through uh 12 and it says when i was a child i spake as a child i understood as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man i put away childish childish things um so that's really the verse that that comes to mind about this just putting away childish maybe unprofitable things um especially if there could be a demonic component afoot and i truly believe the whole video game thing is is a snare a trap if it, 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 nothing else to to get you to waste a colossal amount of of time and I've seen, I've done whole reports on these video games where it's destroyed marriages, and I mean, the men become slothful, they're only focused on the video games, or every spare second they have when they're not working, they're doing that, they neglect their families, or they neglect other responsibilities, so I'm just saying, I haven't seen good fruit produced from it at all, okay, and, and you're talking to somebody that really was into video games when I was younger, I mean, I really was, and um, so it's not like I don't have any any history um, in that particular area. Now, he mentioned a lot about deliverance, so what I did is I posted my four-part thing that you can do. I'm not even going to go into it, but it's four parts. You can do how to pass from curse to blessing and self-deliverance, part one, part two, part three, part four. I posted that here in the PDF. Uh, so you can avail yourself to that if you like. Now, a lot of this other stuff, he's already covered. He's already covered the thing about Lilith and the um, uh, thing. I'm going to go over a little bit of this because I don't want to be too redundant. From a witchcraft site, it says, Lilith is the goddess of the night, the screech owl, the queen of vampires. Um, but is this ancient deity a demon, succubus, or an empowering enchantress? See, that's how witches want to fancy Lilith is this empowering enchantress um hers is a name with many interpretation stories and misconceptions but 
one that permeates pagan culture. Today, witches and magical practitioners seek to understand Lilith as a goddess, as a powerful symbol and a magical guide. Here we look to her wild, mysterious origins and provide various ways to work with Lilith in your practice of witchcraft. Lilith became a cosmic figure in the medieval Kabbalah. Lilith attempted, um, supposedly attempted to have intercourse with Adam before the creation of Eve. Again, no Bible for any of that. And then after the creation of Eve, she fled and ever after has plotted to kill newborn children. They're admitting this right on their witchcraft site. I thought that she was this wonderful, empowering enchantress. Well, I guess their minds are so darkened that they think it's cool to like glorify a deity, a devil, a fallen angel whose primary mission is to kill newborn children. And again, this is why Lilith is so associated with child sacrifice in the abortion industry. It's the same Lilith KFC and Diablo 4 are now openly promoting. And, um, oh man, I think I skipped this. Hold on here real quick. Yeah, I almost skipped this. The demon Lilith is on full display on a billboard in Times Square in New York City right now. Well, I'm assuming it's right now with apocalyptic skies looming over New York City. And that was when I think the orange which was pretty, pretty appropriate. Yeah, the orange sky from the uh, from the Canadian uh, wildfires that was probably, um, there's probably a demonic component with that as well. We reported on that last week. And here it is. Here's the, I don't, I don't, I don't want to post this picture in my PDF, but you can click on the link and look at it. It's this gigantic billboard in Times Square and it shows this disgusting demon creature Lilith, the same one KFC is promoting, with Diablo 4, I guess the video game, this is, all, this is also promoting KFC. Welcome to hell, New York is what it says on the sign. And then it says 6623. I'm sure if they could have put 666 in there, they would have. And it shows this Lilith with her black horns and her black bodysuit with her black leathery wings. The goddess of child, one of the main goddesses of child sacrifice. And yeah, so... You can click on that if you like. Let's go back to the report. Okay, so I wanted to read this part too because this really ties into the modern day feminist movement and, and how this Lilith creature has played such an integral part. Lilith and really Jezebel have played this integral part in the modern day feminist movement. The traditional depiction of Lilith from ancient Mesopotamia through medieval Kabbalah presents an anti-type of desired human sexuality and family life. It's like the anti-type of that, okay? Lilith loves fornication and adultery and hates childbearing and raising children, especially in a godly way, but also represents a woman whom society cannot control. A woman who determines her own sexual partners, who is wild and unkept, and who does not have the natural consequences of sexual activity and children. Well, with somebody like that, they'll just use abortion as birth control. I mean, I've been around a couple women that are like that, or at least one I've heard from. I wasn't ever really good friends with her, even though I was, I, this was before I was even saved. But yeah, I heard that, yeah, she gets pregnant, no big deal. She just goes out and gets, uh, gets an abortion. That's her form of, of birth control, okay? That is the full embodiment of Lilith. 
They don't want to have any, any consequence. They want to do whatever they want with whatever sexual partner they want. They want to ruin marriages. They want to, they love to kill their own children. Um, I mean, hey, it's just, if, if you're into witchcraft, that's just another way to get more power, killing your own children through abortion. The contemporary feminist movement found an inspiration in this image of Lilith as an uncontrollable woman and decisively changed the image of Lilith from a demon to a powerful woman. In 1972, Lily Rivlin published an article on Lilith for the feminist magazine Miss with the aim of recovering her for contemporary women, like recovering her image, whatever. Um, the, Jewish feminist mag the Jewish feminist magazine Lilith Founded in the fall of 1970, so the, the, I guess the Jews had a feminist magazine called Lilith, founded in the fall of 1976, took her name because the editors were inspired by Lilith's fight for equality with Adam. An article in the introductory issue spelled out Lilith's appeal and rejected the understanding of her as a demon. Since then, interest in Lilith has only grown among Jewish feminists, neo-pagans, Listeners to contemporary music by women highlighted in the Lilith Fair, and I'm not sure what that is, poets and other writers. A useful recent book collecting many articles and poems on Lilith with specific focus on her importance for Jewish women is the book Who's Lilith, uh, published in 1998. As Lily Rivlin writes in her afterword, Quote, in the late 20th century, self-sufficient women inspired by the women's movement have adopted the Lilith myth as their own. Yeah, because it's stiff-necked rebellion and rebellion is, is, is as the sin of witchcraft, according to the Bible. So this would definitely appeal to the feminist movement. Uh, they have transformed her into a female symbol for autonomy, sexual choice, and the control of one's own destiny. What, what that really means is I can kill my unborn babies anytime I want. And that's always going to be really preferable if Lilith is truly at the helm of their life. Now, from a Christian website, a, a lot of this is kind of redundant. Um, she says it's interesting to note that the this spirit, Lilith, will take on... Now, so we heard that was just from a witchcraft website. Now, this is from a Christian website. And it says it's interesting to note that this spirit will take on a different appearance to whomever it desires to seduce. Even changing sexes to tempt people into various lusts and perversions. It is also the spirit behind lesbianism, homosexuality, uh, gender confusion, and other sexual temptations. Gender confusion? Oh, the trans movement? Yeah. Lilith's, Lilith is behind that too. Okay, so that's pretty pertinent regarding a lot of the current events that I tend to cover. Lilith works in tandem with the spirit of Pan, who is known as the god of sexual temptation, also known as a satyr or the goat that represents Satan himself. According to the New World Encyclopedia, Lilith was first mentioned in ancient Mesopotamian mythology around 3000 BC. Um, in ancient Sumer, Lilithu, was known as a name for a group of storm spirits that preyed upon women and children. They were also associated with, this is the very, very earlier formations of the whole Lilith thing. They were associated with the incubus and the succubus spirits, lust, sexual temptation, and the destroyers of marriage. Okay, because that's also a, a main mandate of Lilith, to destroy marriages. 
Uh, from the Lilithu come similar demons known as Lilu, Lila, and Lilith, which is the one we're most talking about. These spirits are mentioned in the Babylonian Sumerian mythology and in Greek mythology known as Lama, which was known as a group of which was a group of child stealing witches. Lama bore the title of child killer and is associated with abortion, miscarriage, and stillbirth. Lilith or Lama, by whichever name she is referred to, causes the death of premature yet to be born infants as well as newborns and young children. So that's always the association. Child sacrifice, essentially. Lama described as having a human upper body from the waist up and a serpentine body from the waist down, the Lama was known for a vicious sexual appetite that matched her cannibalistic appetite for children. Okay? So this is as wicked as it gets. Um, Jewish folk folklore in the, in the Kabbalah presents Lilith as Adam's first wife. Again, no Bible for it. Who was later replaced by Eve. This we know is untrue because the Bible is clear about it. Jewish folklore also presents Lilith as the female companion and counterpart to Satan as a queen of the end. Well, you, you always know Satan's going to try to get in there and, and totally defile and twist the, the biblical narrative. Going further, most variations agree that this class of demons is associated with a dominant female demon known as a seductress or an adulterous woman that lures men to their destruction. The Bible has a lot to say about that in, I believe, Psalms and Proverbs in particular. Lilith also, like Jezebel, represents a woman that refuses to live peaceably with others and forces others to adopt to her demands. She is incapable of being spiritual, equally yoked in an equally yoked Christian marriage, because not only is she opposed to biblical principles, but she feels superior to man. But, you know, I think that Lilith would tend to gravitate toward a Christian man and put on the facade of a Christian woman until she got him hooked into the Christian marriage and then her true colors would be shown. So then she could absolutely annihilate that Christian man. In that particular, I'm not saying it couldn't happen the other way as well. Okay, but I'm just talking about Lilith here. So um, she feels superior to man. She feels she is man's teacher and that she is constantly evolving into a higher plane of spirituality and must guide men to their destiny. She is strong willed, proud, and stubborn. She lives, I mean, again, this is so much like the book of Proverbs, the, the earlier chapter. She lives by self-will, does what she wants, and digs in her heels at male authority because she feels she is constantly fighting for her freedom. She is constantly trying to assert herself in an attempt to take what she feels she deserves. It's all about her. It's all about pride. It's all about rebellion. And again, rebellion is, is as the sin of witchcraft to God. Lilith appeals to feminists because she is associated with associated with freedom from any constraints including sexual freedom and immorality she represents the covetous woman also that wants other women's children and is out to destroy their marriages she does not want to raise nurture and love children but she loves to defile and devour them often killing them when she has the opportunity um going further here i'm just trying to avoid the totally redundant parts here Let's see here. There are some in the feminist movement who have one foot in the demonic realm and the other in Christianity. Well, I, th I would say women pastors 
that are totally out of line biblically because there's no Bible for women pastors, that would that would be part of this rebellion, 100% for sure, okay? Because there is no Bible. The pastors be the husband of one wife, okay? And it's very, very clear in that. Bishops, pastors, deacons, elders. And again, I've done a whole teaching on this. Uh, what can women do for the Lord, okay? There's certain things women can do for the Lord and there's certain things men can do for the Lord. And it's just not prejudicial. It's just what the Bible says. Um, Anyway, let's go further here. Uh, trying to spin their beliefs so that it sounds almost agreeable with Christianity. Meaning there's some that would actually have one foot in the demonic realm, one in Christianity, trying to spin their beliefs so it sounds almost agreeable with Christianity, but be not deceived. Lilith became the new face of the modern woman advocating for, quote, equal rights and thus became the spirit behind the feminist movement. It is also the spirit behind the abortion industry and overtly the Democratic Party that upholds a pro-choice position, a pro-death position, really, towards abortion. Satan demands blood sacrifice as a means of worship. It is how he builds a empire and demonic throne where he is glorified instead of God. Those that advocate for abortion laws are merely puppets advocating Satan's agenda. She go, the, the lady writing this says, I believe it is also the spirit behind the forced vaccination laws too. Lilith wants control over the children and families, and we must fight it with strategic prayer until we understand that we're. I, I think it's a. I think it's a husband and a wife here, putting this together. Sorry, um, Lilith wants to control control over children and families. We must fight it with strategic prayer until we understand what we're dealing with. We won't effectively take authority over these things. Prayer declarations incorporating the word of God against the works of evil is vital to overturning corruption. For your assistance, I have also included a prayer declaration for intercessors to utilize now it is a gigantic prayer okay it's not even practical for me to read online it's even it's much larger than even my introductory rot rotational warfare prayers that i post a different one every week in the pdf okay it's it's huge um but it looks good it looks very good but if you want it's the prayer to take dominion over lilith and i think it covers a lot more than that I give you the the link to the prayer here, okay? Um, that, that you can click on from, from the PDF. So now, since we were talking about this, when I looked up Lilith in my keyword search for um, contendingfortruth.com, this is the only thing that came up. And this is why I wanted to do a dedicated section on this because now when you do a keyword search, if you do one for Lilith, this teaching will come up, okay? But... I wanted to mention this because it's my teaching on the Bohemian Grove Exposed. This is all the way back to 2009. It's, it's a three-part teaching, and I'll just read you the, the um, description. The Bohemian, the Bohemian Grove is a 2,700-acre campground located at 20601 Bohemian Avenue in Mont, Monterio, California, belonging to a private San Francisco men's club known as the Bohemian Club. In mid-July each year, the Bohemian Grove hosts a two to three week encampment of some of the most powerful men in the world. Each year, up to 2,900 of the world's most influential CEOs, governmental officials, financiers, industrialists, and high-level people in politics, including presidents of the United States and media moguls, gather to hear speeches, network, and share common agendas. This is where the New World Order boys go to, you know, get some of their marching orders and compare notes and 
advance their satanic agenda. Okay. Jesus said, in secret have I done nothing, John 18, 20, because he had nothing to hide. Uh, so why the secrecy for from our top leaders? A bizarre pagan ritual of the Bohemian Grove, which is called the cremation of care ceremony, is practiced by all of its members, all men, including both presidents, um, uh, Bush Sr., Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, Colin Powell, Walter Cronkite, and Henry Kissinger, to name a few. And this is, this is, that's really dated, that list of people. Each year at the Bohemian Grove, members of this all-male club don red and black and silver robes to conduct an occult ritual wherein they worship a 40-foot stone owl while sacrificing a mock human being. Some have theorized it's not mock, mock human being, it's real. While sacrificing a mock human being in effigy, supposedly, in what they call it's the cremation of care. Because, oh, we have all this care. We're, 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 we're these big multi-billionaire guys. We have so much care. We want it, we, and it, so it's, they're, they're cremating their care. They're, they're burning it up. Be gone, uh, dull care is what they say. And, and I've heard the, you know, when Jones snuck in there or whatever, he, who knows, he might be part of them. But, you know, they say, be gone, dull care. And, 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 um, they burn it up or whatever anyway but they call this owl that they sacrifice to the great owl of bohemia and they're always like oh it's a, it's a 40-foot moloch owl i'm like moloch is not an represented by an owl it's represented by a bull typically okay a bull or some type of cattle it's the owl is lilith the owl is lilith we just we just heard that so i don't know how they're getting that all confused but Anyway, I mean, uh, or it's a much higher likelihood that the 40-foot owl, this great owl of Bohemia, is Lilith, okay? Uh, to which Romans 1, 22 and 23 comes to mind. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and to creeping things, okay? Which is, again, they're worshiping this gigantic owl. We will also be looking at the many aspects of this topic as well, as well as how Moloch, Lilith, Athena, and Minerva could play a part in all of this debauchery. Okay. Okay, so let's <laughs> we're gonna go to the next one. Listener comment about a lady in the New York City subway with black eyes. Oh my word. So um my my longtime listener Greg sends me this and um I watch it. I'm gonna play it here. It's 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 one of those shorts. Anyway, this guy drew this picture of this uh, this black-eyed woman that's riding a subway car. I'm assuming it's New York City, and he he sketches this woman. I guess while she's doesn't realize he's sketching it, and he gives this to her on the um subway and it looks it looks authentic it really does her reaction is like from what i've heard about new york city from people that have lived there and i've talked with them that rode the subway you don't normally interact and talk with people it's not friendly place okay maybe there's exceptions but it is a place you keep to yourself you don't approach other people typically 
and he approaches her and the and the look on her face is like she's kind of scared at the beginning like she's like shocked and scared that anybody's even approaching her and then he gives her this picture uh, this portrait of herself and gets her reaction she's got black eyes and she has got an implant of like a tarantula like um spider it would be you know like if you would think of like a gummy spider well, imagine taking like a gummy spider and literally surgically putting that under your skin so that you can see the imprint of this spider and it's under your skin. And evidently, and she's covered with tats too, of course, tattoos. And evidently, she thinks this looks good. Okay? Which is just... Men's having their minds darkened. And, and only thinking of things evil continually comes to mind for me. I don't understand, even my, in my most unsaved moments in my life before I was ever saved, I don't understand how anybody could ever think that having black eyes, as she said, um, she's a mother. What kind of satanic example are you setting for your kids when you come home and you've got solid black eyes and this covered in tats with an implant of a like tarantula like spider on your forehead how demon possessed to the toenails do you have to be to think this is a good move for me to make as a mother it's one thing if you want to do that on your own i think it's her husband next door too it's one thing but this is just another example of how satanically deluded and taken over this culture is becoming and just to hear her reaction is so unbelievable to me i'm just gonna play this so he's gonna go up to Excuse her you, and it you. shows her she's like defensive she's like Whoa, what you're, you're giving me something you're approaching me on the subway huh she's like and it looks like she's like really mad in, in a way she's like ready to kind of almost like fight or whatever and then he gives her this picture of her and then her attitude just changes because she realizes oh he thinks that i look good and he's drew a picture and oh this means so much to me and it's mother's day or whatever coming up and this is like the best gift oh my god oh my god this is an amazing an amazing mother's day oh my god are you a mother She's oh, like crying. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry, I, I, I just, I, this one I have a hard time with. I have a really hard time. She's literally bawling. She, she can't even control herself. She's so overwhelmed with happiness, seeing this demonic picture of herself given to her. Happy Mother's Day! Oh my God. So beautiful. What, what's so your name? Beautiful. Oh, I'm Devon. Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, I drove you all the time. I love your spider tattoo. Is that a tattoo? It's an implant. The spider thing's an implant. I mean, she's got, she's got a nose ring too. Um, I mean, I don't think this is a joke. This comes off as pretty authentic to me. I mean, the fact remains is she does have black eyes and she does have this implant in her, and she is, she's got a whole bunch of tattoos. And I think her, I think her reaction's genuine. Um, that's my opinion. So, that's so cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Oh, oh my word. I, I pray to God they get saved. I, I, I literally do. Uh, but 
I, I just have a hard time <laughs> um, <laughs> seeing the degradation of society and <laughs> the reactions. And I just, wow. Um, Genesis 6, 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's what that's the first verse that came to mind when I saw that. And what did Jesus say? As it was in the days of Noah, that was Noah's day. That's Genesis 6 5. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And also as in the days of Lot. <laughs> what do you see now with the LGBTQ, transgender, soon to be legalization of child molestation? Because that's where this is all moving to. We got Mother of the Year over here with her black eyes and her spider implant under her forehead. I get maybe on your back or something. No, you got to have it in full view for everybody to see. Covered in tats. It's great. Now, if you don't know about tattoos, please key in tattoos in the keyword search box. I mean. Now, what my initial comment was, though, actually on this one, because my listener said, I guess she didn't realize her disguise was down, meaning she was riding around black eyes and she didn't realize that she was in a shape-shifted form, okay? Uh, like Jasmine, the black-eyed witch that tried to kill me and said she'd go and kill me, and she sent me that picture of herself where she had full black eyes that I posted many times, which I do believe is authentic. You could tell her eyes were totally jet black. From stem to stern, top to bottom, the whole nine yards, right to left. With her eyes, when he gets up close to her, you can actually see the um, uh, you can see the color differentiation in her eyes when the guy films her up close. Meaning where like the sclera and the iris and the cornea and all that stuff where where there's cover di color differentiation. The reason you can see that is because she got her eyes tattooed. You could get your eyes tattooed black, which some people do. Um, to evidently look way more demonic than they already are, I guess. That's what she got. She's obviously at the tattoo or at the implant place quite a bit. Who knows what other implants she might have in her body or what other things she might have going on in her body. Um, but... This was not a true black-eyed being. And I, I said that, a lot of that, to, to make sure that my listeners, if they see these people out in public and you can see differentiation in their eyes, normally a black-eyed person is not going to be riding a public subway just sitting there. And they're sure not going to have a scared reaction if you approach them, unless you start calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? Which I think would probably be pertinent to do in either case. But... A true black-eyed kid or adult, all right, is normally you're not going to see them on a subway. It's going to be in some area where, like, they're going to knock on your door at night out of the blue. Or they're going to knock on your window when there's not a lot of people around. Uh, that's in usually at night, you know, not a great well-lit place. Typically, that's where you're going to see them. And they... Um, they don't act like this woman acts, okay? <laughs> she, she was not a true black-eyed adult, okay? True black-eyed <coughs> beings 
or kids or adults are pure evil and they exude great fear upon those that they come in contact with. At least they try to do that. Okay. Now, I believe as a Christian, we could have total authority over these things. 100%. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> I hope I get that opportunity. I hope I get many opportunities to engage these devils. Psalm 94, 16. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? That Then there's question marks there. Another verse that kind of came to mind. Now... This just broke on L.A. Marzulli's uh, YouTube website. He's done he's done a lot of stuff on black-eyed kids and black-eyed adults and things like this. He's interviewed a lot of people, a lot of Christians that have actually seen them. So here's another account. This happened, I believe, pretty recently of a Christian woman in a Walmart that just um, encountered two of these black-eyed, in this case they were, I believe, adults or maybe they were teenagers. I don't know. We'll see. Charles' magnificent gold crown. I, I, can't, I cannot believe that he is actually promoting a King Charles gold coin. That, who may be the Antichrist. And he's promoting this in like all of his... I, I just... I, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, all right, I got, I got to get past all of his ads here. Okay, let's go to... Okay, here we go. So here here he, he interviews this lady. And I believe Ellie goes around the country a lot and um, goes to different conferences where he speaks. And I believe this is a woman that's a listener of his that came up to him maybe during a break or whatever. She's going to tell her story about her experience. So I'm here with Elizabeth and uh, got my handy iPhone out. And you're about to tell me a story about... An encounter with the black eyed kids. What yes. happened, Elizabeth? So I wasn't aware of them at all. I had no knowledge base. I never heard even online mythos or anything. And so my um, second born child was three months old. We went to the Walmart in Loveland, Colorado, up at Denver Avenue. And we had to pick up just a few things. Um, my husband needed something from just small items from auto, whatever. We go to the self checkout and I felt the Holy Spirit call into me and say, look about the room. Whoa. So he was at the register with the baby and the, the little carrier. And I turned and I listened to him and I scanned the room uh, behind the registers. And I saw out of my peripheral, these two individuals standing at another register a ways away. And as soon as I scanned, I saw their eyes and their both of their heads locked onto me simultaneously. simultaneously. And they both peered at me, but I didn't stare. Now, I this is a case where it appears. Now, I just, I know it's, I'm contradicting what I kind of just said. Normally, this is not the norm where they're going to be in a busy Walmart um, where there's a lot of other people around. Unless they're mind controlling the room, which again, I've talked a lot about this. With the hubrids and the hybrids, particularly the hubrids, the quarter cast, uh, Nephilim-like creatures, part of the whole alien breeding program that David, Dr. David Daniels talks a lot about in his interview series that I've talked a lot about. I believe these are some type of hubrid, which is some type of quarter, quarter cast Nephilim that can blend in with society and they have this incredible ability to mind control a room. Okay, to basically, you're not going to notice them unless 
um, you're a Christian and you, I believe, you know, you need to have the full armor of God on. And I think, you know, you need to, again, abide in the word. I don't want to like try to put God in a box. I'm just saying there are certain things that you can do as a Christian that are going to, um, maximize your ability to not be deceived by these things in public is, is the point I'm trying to make. Okay. So, um, it appears she was the only one in the store that was able to see these things. Her husband wasn't even able to, or, or, or at that at bare minimum, they might, they, they can see them, but they don't notice them. They don't notice their black eyes. Um, so these appear to be more of like a refined black eyed, either teenager or adult. There was two of them. They were in a public spot. They were doing mass mind control in the room and this is why they were not noticed i've had listeners tell me i had a listener tell me that one time she was in a mall with her husband and this was in australia and these two like seven footers come walking through the mall and they're not human they're not fully human they're like a hybrid they're like really really stick out i mean we are talking they're not they're not human they cannot pass for human they're like got real long necks and they, they don't look right okay and her and her husband were freak. I read the report online. Her and her husband, longtime listener, they were freaking out as these things passed by. Nobody else was noticing them. One of the main things in the book by David Daniels, where it's entitled "They Walk Among Us," are their ability to go into um, stores and mind control the clerks and mind control the people in there, and they could go in there, fill their shopping cart, and walk right out and have everything they need for the week. And they don't have to pay a dime. They don't have to work most of the time or they don't work. They don't normally hold down jobs. They're trying to learn, like blend in and learn society. And this is one of their abilities that they do have. So I wanted to throw that in so you're aware of why things are the way they were with what she's describing. I didn't look at them at all. I just scanned back because it was so distressing to me to see what I saw. They were very, very pale skinned. Pale they skin. looked like preteen. Oh, one pre was male, one was female. Okay, so I guess they were 11, 12. They were really pale. Um, Completely black eyes, nothing there. How tall were they? They were relatively good sized. Um, it's hard to say. I think the female was shorter than I am. I'm 5'4", yeah. and the male was slightly larger than him but the hairs everything was perfect mm -hmm. not even a wig has that perfect hair mm -hmm. straight black hair i mean mm -hmm. the cut was perfect around the eyes everything there's no imperfections not like you know we have our flyaways all right. of you know we look nothing disheveled like, nothing right. completely so when, all, they, when they turn to you they turn to you simultaneously. they were sharp dressers in other words they they had that locked down so simultaneously both like yes that. both heads so cocked. They, they knew they knew they was like they saw me seeing them yeah and i and they weren't expecting that they weren't expecting that they don't they they expect to be able to go in and control the room and you know get whatever they're going to get they're probably going to walk right out of there with a cart full of groceries or whatever they need because they still they do need to they're they're from what i've heard they're being in, introduced into society so that they can amalgamate so that when disclosure finally does happen they'll already be here walking among us okay like david daniels i believe the, 
the uh, title of his CDs and books, they walk among us. And they're, it's like Satan prepositioning his troops ahead of time, amalgamating them into society. What do you think this alien breeding program's been all about that's been going on since, like, I don't know, the 40s? Where 2 to 3% of the population, when privately polled, says they've had experiences with aliens and or been abducted. And if they're women, they turn up pregnant, and then three months later, the baby's gone. And then sometimes they're introduced, reintroduced to the baby, and the baby's like a hybrid. There are millions of instances of this. And are they all crazy? But these are not people that are coming out and waving their arms about this. Because obviously the stigma regarding something like this, nobody wants that. Not only that, they're mind controlled when they're taken aboard. And, they're, and a lot of times they have no memory of this stuff. Or they're told, don't say anything about this. Or we'll come back and really, you know, let you have it. And isn't it weird that CE4 research with Joe Jordan has determined that the only way to stop these attacks is to, by calling out on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is like throwing battery acid on them. Over and over and over again, if you go to his website online, CE4, C is in cat, E is in Edward, the, the number four, not four spelled out, the number four, CE4 research, do a keyword search, and you'll see hundreds of testimonials where they have stopped alien, quote, alien abductions, okay, which is just some type of Nephilim incursion into our timeline that the Bible predicts in Daniel, they shall mingle themselves, they, some other race, they, in the end times, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave. Cleave means to aptly fit, to fit well. In Genesis 6, they mingled themselves with the seed of men. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives all that they chose. These wives bore them, the men of old, the men of renown. They were giants in the earth in those days, translated from the word Nephilim, which is from the Hebrew word, um, which means the fallen ones. They're doing the same thing today, like the Bible predicts in Daniel. Then you also have the 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 um, clay mixed with iron, and there 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 could be a um, uh, a reference there as well in the toes of the statue that Daniel talks about, the end of the Roman Empire. The clay mixed with clay's not going to mix with iron well. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Well, the seed of men is you know sperm over the whole nine yards. Well, this is this breeding program that I've been talking about for decades. Well, for, I don't know, a couple decades at least, that I've done mega studies on this. Just key in disclosure, alien disclosure. And you're gonna see so many things where I've covered this ad infinitum, every aspect of this just about, this subject, where we have went into this in detail. I'm just trying to give you a cliff note version today, but it relates to all of this. And these things are being introduced into society and you need to pray for the discernment um, maybe to see them so that you're not deceived. And it's just a good idea to do that when you go out in public. I don't do it enough. You know, I'm guilty of not doing it enough. I mean, my daughter saw all kind of stuff that I haven't seen. So I'm, I'm not judging anybody's what I'm saying here. Okay. I need to get more in the practice of doing that as well. But I do believe the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ can give us that discernment where, um, we can see these things and then respond. However, the Lord leads us to respond. 
And I would respond immediately with spiritual warfare. If, if anything, quoting scripture, if you're, if you can't speak it, quote it in your head, you know, um, is not my word. Like as a fire, saith the Lord and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces and calling on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives under the death, the blood of Jesus Christ and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the only offensive weapon that's listed in the, in the, um, armor of God that's how Jesus dealt with the devil quoted scripture I didn't hear I scanned back to my husband and my heart just was racing and I'm just I'm what am I what just happened to me so I didn't I was speechless I couldn't speak to my husband he was busy and so we checked out and we were going to go to the photo gallery you know how they used to have where you could do uh, photography mm -hmm. in the in the front of the Walmarts mm -hmm. so we go he sits down with the baby we're going to do three month old with wherever my son is and we sat down I sat next to my husband and I couldn't even articulate what I just saw I was so it was like mortifying feeling you know and they were far away from me so I sit down and then I look up and they both simultaneously walk by. And as they were walking, both again, their heads turned directly on me simultaneously. Yeah. Their steps were in sequence, just boom, boom. And they peered at me deeper than anything has ever looked at me. I have never felt that in my <laughs> they life. They were trying to invoke fear because they feed off that fear. Um, and that's what they're typically used to getting. If somebody, whether they, now in this case, it appears that they weren't in a position where they wanted people to see them. It's not the venue. Walmart, a lot of people, not the venue. But she was, the Lord gave her that ability at that time. They were not happy about it. So they wanted to see if they could invoke fear in her by walking by her in unison like two robots in sync. Which is, you know, obviously really, really weird. And you'd think a lot of people would notice that, but it, it appeared nobody else was noticing it. And they just passed by and they, they just stared at me. Did your husband see that? No, he was completely oblivious. He was with the baby. See? He was just... He... See? This confirms everything I've, I've told you about this. I mean, regarding these things that are in public. This is why people don't see them all the time. This is why Christians don't see them all the time. They don't want to be seen. And they have the ability... For, for massive mind control. Nephilim have that ability. They're a quarter potentially fallen angel. Okay? In this particular case, I think if you could talk about what they call, what David Daniels refers to as a hubrid, which would be a quarter cast fallen angel. It's not going to manifest as a giant. It doesn't have to manifest. It can manifest as a giant. But I do believe Satan has refined his breeding techniques since genesis 6 and they're going about it differently this time they can't be as overt as they were in genesis 6. also the bible verse about they shall mingle themselves with the seed of man but they shall not cleave that's also another limiting factor as well okay i don't know that a lot of this is way above my pay grade this is like only god knows type of stuff or his angels and, and jesus um, so I, i'm kind of speculating here but man this is such confirmation on so much that I've covered in the past. It was here, you know, and I was, yeah. it was like, I knew they were going to cross that wall. 
it was, and you're just like, I was dumbfounded what I just witnessed. I had no idea what I saw. And so months go by and I'm listening to you on a podcast because I was really into your work at that time. And you start talking about the black eyed children mm -hmm. and it was my birthday. I remember I was, this is, he was, it was 2012 at that time. And it was my, it must've been my birthday that March. And I'm screaming hearing you talking about this because it was exactly what I what I saw and I just so it, that and I that was the full circle and I was just like this is insane <laughs> so that's that's what I witnessed I don't know what it means I don't know why God wanted me to see them but they saw me that was the thing I got Would out of it you describe them as you know good or evil oh definitely a, e evil you there could was feel it. I could feel it from afar did you get any mental communication yeah Taylor, Taylor saw a little girl that was one of these things in a park and, and she i think she gave that testimony online not not too long ago and um she was with two of her classmates at that time they were in this park and they were sitting down and taylor saw this little girl approaching them total black eyes and the little girl was mind controlling the other two people that were there they didn't even when, when after it happened Taylor looked at them and said, did you see that little girl? She had totally black eyes. And they were like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, we didn't see anything. Okay, she just corrected me. She, I was getting another story she saw with the black-eyed guy. Um, her eyes were blue, like totally blue. Like there was no white. And then maybe a slit in the middle. Happened really quick. But that little devil child was not happy that taylor could see her but the other two the mind control was working and her parents who i think she also controlled as well they were just kind of along for the ride so i mean i've, I've heard this over and over and over from from different people no i felt like i i because i've had a lot of um experience with demons and things trying to attack our family and things like that and i've always known how to deal with them scream out the name of yeshua tell them to get i back. would i would use jesus that's my opinion i'm going to do a teaching an expanded teaching pretty soon on um yeshua yahweh all these sacred names okay i'll just leave it at that but i would if you go to ce4 research it's jesus they're they're calling out to you or jesus christ some people use Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Um, God knows your heart. I'm not saying Yeshua couldn't work, okay, theoretically. But I, if it was me, my best advice would be to stick with, if, especially if you're English and, and, and you're speaking the English language, I would stick with that. It's always worked for me. If you go to and key in my supernatural experiences, I have many instances where I cried out to Jesus. And um, it worked every single time time unbelievably so i didn't have fear it was just per like it wasn't like i've heard of after when i researched these things people having such tremendous fear come over them i've always known my authority in god and i didn't feel like that if i feel like that was like if they wanted to fight i was ready to like let's go yeah so i i just and, and you i think we really need to have that that um what she just said that that needs to be our attitude we do not want to shir shirk away in fear I mean, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world 
you know, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. And that's including battle, whatever demonic forces, you know, I might be facing. You know, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in condemnation thou shalt condemn. You know, so there's a lot of different Bible verses. I mean, through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know, again, is not my work as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces. There's a lot of different verses that you can quote back to evil, however the Lord convicts you. This, what I was looking at was perverse. It yeah. was strange. It wasn't just some crazy, like, goth kids that right. were in contact. Exactly. The movement is what really... See, do you see the difference between the lady on the subway, which was a faux, like, wannabe, black-eyed person, and then this is the real deal. This, and again, that's why I wanted to play both videos, because I want you to understand the difference. Just because you see some with black eyes... Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a black-eyed adult or kid or whatever. Okay, you'll you'll know it's different. The 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 um evil that you will sense coming off them is a whole different animal. Yes, you can't even do that in a music video. You have to take take after take after take just right. to get that. The steps were in synchronous. Everything, the hair was perfect. The outfits were all like dark clothing, and I'm like, this is. This is not right. This is. <laughs> Did anybody else pick up on no. it? Nobody else. Nope. No. Yeah. That was even weirder to me too. And it's this like, was in a Walmart. In the Walmart. It's always on a weekend. It's always in now a in Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be surprised anything seeing that at a Walmart though. Yes. <laughs> That's where they try to integrate into into our. Yes, sports. it was. It felt yeah, like that. Like like other people were oblivious. Yeah. 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 So that's um. That's a lot of confirmation there. That is a lot of confirmation regarding that. Now, um, then I had another listener. I had forwarded this to some people and another longtime listener, Patricia. She said, she said this about it. She said, having read a book on this subject, here it goes. So I guess she read a book about black-eyed adults, black-eyed kids. and um, They're typically underweight to the point where you can really tell they're too thin. Well, that's... That's what this lady was also saying. Their hair looks like a wig. Again, this is exactly what... Their skin is deathly pale. Again, yeah, exactly what she was saying. No matter what race they are, if they're olive skin, they're deathly pale, gray olive skin. And their skin is flawless. Um, their effect is totally flat and unnatural. Uh, they lack true emotion, but have been known to smile when you are terrified. Well, yeah, because they're vampirizing off your fear and terror their speaking ability is not normal and seem to be badly stunted using word choices that convey what they want but no one would talk like that and many times they do have a really bad smell they used to not know how to wear their clothes properly sometimes they wear them inside out backwards or strange combinations there seems to always be a great deal of terror associated with this first class there is a more sophisticated type of um, these creatures that can verbally communicate better. They use sunglasses and other accessories well to hide how odd they look and they dress well. Now, that may be more what we were seeing here. They're more sophisticated um, because these, these were dressed really well. Everything was perfectly done, you know. Um, 
I don't know if we were talking about the same entity, but the second class has more time among us and learn how to speak, dress, and learn how to behave. Remember what I said about David Daniels' research. It's an ongoing process, and some of these creatures, these hubrids, like quarter-cast Nephilim, are further along in the process. Okay, and that's why they would be more polished. They never master displaying normal emotion, though, that I have heard. The second class seems to be able to control the fear factor better. If it does not suit their purpose to terrify you, they will not, it seems. Okay, great great point. These were the second class that can control their ability to inflict fear. They were in a public spot. It wasn't to their best interest for them to um, inflict a lot of fear. They were probably going there to get a whole bunch of free stuff, a whole bunch of free whatever, groceries, so they, they could eat for the week or whatever that's what they do they'll walk out they'll mind control the room they'll walk out nobody will say anything to them at all okay um so i i think that's the it was more the second class she's talking about then and this is not in the book i read we have humans who phase out with with solid black eyes usually when they um get out of control angry they need to get saved and get deliverance meaning there are humans that can manifest in a demonic way where their eyes actually will go black in a fit of rage if the demons are strong enough. Okay. I've never heard of Christians that do this. Um, but again, I don't know, by the way, fear is reported in the observers of this as well. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just about over on time here. So, uh, God bless you. And we will see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.